Hey folks, welcome to the Georgia Field Hunting Podcast, episode 42. I'm your host, Brian Grossman, here with co-host Robert Nelson. And today, uh, Robert and I are going to be talking a little bit about, with the with the season winding down, um, well, pretty much over, just about at the point that you'll be listening to this, yep. we're just, we're just going to be talking about how this is a great time to kind of reflect on the past deer season, uh, to learn from from what you what you saw and and you know what you experienced while you were out there in the field, and how to take that information and kind of incorporate it into into your postseason scouting and your planning and your goals for next season. So we're going to dive into that and um, just kind of see where that goes. Uh, before we get started, though, Robert, uh, I know you got some some kind of housekeeping stuff to take care of. And, and you can also kind of kick us off with uh, what's going on with your deer season. Cause once again, I don't have any kind of report to give. <laughs> um, yeah. Still, still working on the honeydew list, but it's just going to make it that much sweeter when we, when we get to Alabama here. Well, nice. a little, little over a week by the time yep. this launches. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I've honestly, and I'm going to get out this weekend to get in at least one last hunt for the Georgia yeah, season. You have to. But I, I've kind of just been putting it off, you know, just focusing on a honeydew list because I know it's going to make that Alabama trip that much sweeter to, to get out there and just be able to, <laughs> to focus on nothing but hunting for, for three days. So I'm looking right. looking forward to that big time. But I got to uh, ask before I do this uh little housekeeping you gonna go back to your old famous last day spot and try to shoot a doe man i'm torn i I guess i'll probably get in there somewhere in that vicinity but i've actually hunted that twice now with uh with the guy i'm mentoring with sj um i've taken him in there twice uh i don't know over the last month or so i mean it's been hadn't been uh well one of them was I don't know. Man, my days are all mixed up now. But one one of them was not too long ago. Anyway, last time I got out hunting actually was with him. And uh, we, we just hadn't seen anything there. Like I said, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I mean, there was definitely sign. They had been in there, uh, but we didn't see anything. So whether it's whether they're hitting that at night or maybe we were just there on a bad day, uh, bad wind. I don't know what, what the case may have been. But so that, that kind of has me worried that, you know, that spot's not the same this season, but at the same time, you know, the, the honeysuckle and the greenbrier is still there, or at least what they already have an eight is still there. Um, they're still obviously using that area. So I, I might have to, might have to get in there and see if I can't make it three years in a row. There you go. Yeah, I was just curious if you're going to hit or not. But so just for the housekeeping item, going to mention the Onyx uh, promo code. Like we do every week, save yourself 20% if you're looking for a good mapping app onyx is a great map to use a lot of features as far as topo hybrid maps and things you can mark pins uh track your your lines on where you're walking and outline stuff i mean a lot of different variety of options available with the mapping app and you can save 20 percent using promo code ga field that's g-a-a-f-i-e-l-d at onyxmaps.com so if you're looking for a mapping app make sure to go out and do that then I guess yeah I can uh oh lord break down the hunts from this past <laughs> weekend uh so of course I had pretty much four days off um, from Thursday to Sunday I had to work Thursday morning but it it rained all morning so it was a short easy day got home early and you know I was like I'm gonna go to my doe spot I got that suburban spot in town that I picked up and been 
running a trail cam out there and some corn and i mean the does been piling in there every afternoon i mean anywhere from four to seven does between about anywhere from 4 30 till dark they're there every single day and uh so that was the plan i got over there just before four o'clock i figured all right this is perfect i'll slip back here i mean it's, it's like a two-minute walk from the truck if that because i just park in the driveway and then walk 80 yards and now i'm up a tree and so I, I get up the tree and i'm getting all my stuff set up you know my camera and my bow and i get my my release out of the bag and i'm putting it on my wrist and the dough starts blowing <laughs> And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it's like four, four ten at this point. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it had been raining all day. So she came to those woods. I never heard her coming. So everything was wet. And she was like 20 yards away. Hmm. And she was just blowing, blowing, blowing. And I blew back at her. And she kind of calmed down for a second. And then she... She started bobbing her head again, and she, the game was over. She knew I was there, and she started blowing again, and she tore off through the swamp, I mean, blowing the whole way for mm. probably six, 700 yards. I mean, I could hear <laughs> her splashing water and all kind of stuff. I was like, gum. But, you know, there had been so many does in there, and I was like, well, you know, maybe it won't affect me. She was by herself, and um, but sure enough, nothing else came out. And, of course, Mother Nature moved in, so I had pretty yeah. much three and a half days off. But Friday and Saturday, I mean, it rained, and it rained, and it rained, <laughs> and it rained yeah. some more. And it, I mean, you couldn't even get out and hunt. It was, I mean, absolutely flooding. You could have, but it would have been miserable, and you probably wouldn't have seen any deer. Was, I mean, they were probably just laying up. And so I didn't do any hunting in. It was Temperature was going to drop Saturday night. And Sunday morning, it was going to be pretty nice. So, you know, I packed my stuff up, said, all right, I'm going to go out in the morning. And I scouted the spot back on Wednesday. I scouted this area, and, man, the the rubs in there were, I mean, massive rubs. I mean, there was a couple the size, you know, my thighs. And then there was a couple that were starting, you know, about belly button height. And then they were going up above my chest. And, you know, I'm right around six foot, six one. So anything rubbing from my belly button up, you know, that's a pretty big deer, you know, from what, what I've seen. You know, if it's real low to the ground, depending on the elevation and how he's moving, you know, that could. What I've seen, you know, they, they're an immature buck or a smaller buck, just his his rack can't get up that high. Right, you know, that, yeah. that deer, that deer's got to have a pretty big rack. So, you know, I was real excited. Uh, I hung a camera in there, actually. I haven't checked it. It's uh, just soaking in there when I scouted it. And so I was going to go back in there, but I knew with the rain, I was like, there's no way. Because it's, it's, uh, it's a swamp. It's a real big swamp. And I scouted out to these two high points. And when I went in, it was fairly dry. I mean, even the low areas, they had a little bit of water in them, but not, not much to be such a big swamp. You know, it was about six tenths of a mile or more back in there and uh but it was a fairly easy walk i mean it, like i said i didn't get wet or anything like that but i knew with the rain i was like there's just no way and sure enough sunday morning i get there and i'm coming down the main road in the wma and i top the hill where this low area starts and all i see through the headlights is just water no <laughs> road and i'm like daggum you know so luckily though there's there's a back road that comes in off the backside, and you can park there 
and come in from that way. And it's actually a shorter walk in that way, but there's more water on that side in general. There's a main creek channel that runs through there. So it, it would save you a lot of walking, but in the same sense, crossing that creek channel, you know, even when it's dry, you're potentially going to get wet. And so I went part back there and I didn't even get out the pines, you know, that are close to that area. And I mean, there was water in the pines and I got down to the hardwoods and I mean, the water was already coming almost over my boots and that was just on the edge. So I knew the deeper in I went, the worse it was going to get. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I set up on the pines and, uh, it turned daylight and actually I could see some open hardwoods in front of me that were dry. And I was like, Oh, I screwed up. You know, that was my first thought was like, man, if I would have walked another 50 yards, I could have turned in and went on back there. So I hunted the edge of the pines till about nine o'clock. And I said, well, I'm going to climb down. I'm going to ease my way in. It was real windy. It was wet. So I figured, you know, I could slowly work my way in there and, see if I could get back in there because if I could I was going to set up you know and hunt it till maybe about one o'clock two o'clock or so and see you know for about four or five hours and so I I was working my way in then I hit water again (laughs) and I mean it was the same thing there was water it was I tried walking through it but it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and so I set up on the edge of that in the hardwoods uh sat there till about 11 30 12 and seen some turkeys but no deer um, so that was kind of kind of downer, but I did some scouting afterwards and a little bit of still hunting, walking through some pines. And as we've talked about, I found that pile of corn uh, that was out there, and yeah. uh, just ridiculous. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna hunt it, hunt it right. You know, don't don't try to cheat the system because <laughs> eventually it's gonna get found. I mean, and the, what surprised me, the spot it was in was. I, I was kind of surprised because I was like, well, this, you know, is real easy to find. It was right on the edge of a field right next to the pines, and mm-hmm. it was in the open. But I did jump some deer in there before before I found the corn, and I was working my way through the pines trying to see if I could catch up to the deer. And when I swung around and came back out in the field, I, I walked right up on it. And uh, so I reported that to the DNR because, you know, I'd hate for somebody innocent you know, maybe goes in there blind in the morning. They set up on the edge of the field and, you know, then a game warden check them and they get wrote a ticket for hunting over bait when really they weren't, they didn't know it was there. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, cause like me still hunting through there, if a game warden would have pulled into the field and saw me coming out, you know, he potentially could have wrote me a ticket, you know, if, depending on if he wanted to hear my side of the story or not, you know, and, uh, so, so luckily the the DNR is going to get it taken care of. They're either going to flag it or till it under. That way, it's not there anymore. But so after that, I I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I really want to hunt this afternoon or not, and was kind of kind of dabbling on whether I wanted to or not. My neighbor he uh, called me and he's like, you want to go hunt? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. So we went out to his farm and I went back down in the swamp on his place that I've been hunting and scouted my way in and found a tree because i've been seeing some deer down in there but uh only one time had they come in range and other times they were all out of range so i tried to scout my way in to find you know the right tree to say okay if the deer come through here 
they're going to walk right by me. I'll get a shot. And uh, so I found this nice pine I liked, climbed up it where I thought the deer were going to come and didn't see nothing, you know, for a while. It was starting to get dark, and I was like, man, you know, it's just going to be a bust. And then I heard splashing through the water behind me, and I was like, uh-oh. And I turned around. I could see one doe, and she was still out of her. She was about 90 yards out, and she was kind of working behind me horizontally. And then there was another doe behind her. And so I just went ahead and got my bow and got turned around. And she turned and she started coming right at me. And I was like, oh, here we go. This <laughs> is it, you know. And uh, she fed into what I ranged was 20 yards. And I don't know if I maybe ranged a limb and she was a bit further or what happened. but Or maybe she was 20 and I just pulled. I didn't anchor right, but I shot. And when the air you know released it looked good and then it never went through her and i was like oh man you know i missed but what kind of was interesting she didn't run off and when she kind of she kind of bounded but her tail was down she wasn't flagging it up and i was like she's acting like she's hit but i i mean i watched the air i got lighted knocks so i saw you know right where it went and i was like i know that error didn't hit her and she stood there for the longest time and uh she finally started kind of working her way away and she got about 40 yards or so and uh i drew back and stopped her and uh i I shot again and hit a hit a twig and there sailed over her back and uh that time she took off running but still even that time when she ran her tail was still down she never put it up and i was like you know that deer's just acting like it's hit you know it's not like she is like oh crap i gotta get out of here and now because actually like five or six more deer had come in after she had and i didn't even know they were there till they took off running after the second shot <laughs> and i was like damn i was like damn well there's deer everywhere you know so <laughs> it it was getting close to dark but i was like I, I was frustrated i was mad i was like man you you know you messed it up you you got an opportunity and I was like, man, I'm just going to pack my stuff up and get down, you know. So I packed my stuff up, got down. I went over to the first shot, and there was hair on there and a little bit of blood. And I was like, okay, I did hit her. And so I was looking for blood, and then, I mean, it was like a red carpet. I mean, there was blood everywhere. And I was like, dang, you know, I hit, I actually hit her good. And so I was tracking it, tracking it, tracking it, and then it started going to pin drops. And I was like, oh, this this ain't good. And um, I tried pin drops for a long time. I mean, a couple hundred yards probably. And then she went across this big section of water. And when she came out the other side, I, I couldn't find no more blood, you know, anywhere. I, I searched and searched and searched. I, I went up through the woods, you know, shining the light looking for her. And uh, she wasn't laying anywhere and the blood had dried up. And I think what happened is... I'm I'm mad that I shot the second time. And the only reason I did was because I thought I missed her. And, you know, if she would have just stood there and kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and bleeding, you know, she, she may eventually would have bled out or I would have been able to follow her to catch up to her, you know, or tracked her, tracked her long enough to say, okay, let's back out and come back and then see if she was dead. But when, I think when I shot at her the second time, the adrenaline got running. She got moving, and, you know, that I think I sliced her just right on the inside of her arm, and it clogged up, and, 
I mean, you know what happens then when you hit a marginal shot like that and it clogs up 99% of the time the deer is fine. They're going to live, you know, the blood stops. And so, yeah. And, uh, just another, another tick on the season of mishaps <laughs> for uh, 2020, 2021 I, too, you know, it's the new year and off to a bad start. It's not good three days in. No, it happens though. Happens to all of us at some point or another. You hunt long enough. It's, it's going to happen. Oh, was, yeah, it, it's not. was it white hair? It kind of had like a whitish gray tint to it. It wasn't wasn't brown. It wasn't like real dark gray. And I couldn't see it with the flashlight at the time. But when I got home, you know, I, I looked for it for about two and a half hours. And uh, when I got home, I got my stuff out of the truck. When I brought the arrow inside and I could see it really well in the light, the the blood was a real light, light pink color. And it had like some meat fat in it and um that kind of told that kind of solidified it for me then when i seen that that you know i had just flesh wound her probably right there on the inside of her arm because it, it barely went under i mean right right under her armpit yeah and uh, i think it just caught the inside of her leg right there and it you know the fletching went through that cut and it picked up some meat because it was it was really really light pink color the the blood was and it wasn't much hair there wasn't any blood on the on the shaft um you know it was just just a little bit right there on the fletching yeah well maybe you'll see her again do you got any trail cameras out over there no i I did uh i had one out i ran one for a while and i actually pulled it back about a month ago and uh my neighbor i mean he he hunts out there a good bit every couple days and so I'm sure if, if she comes out and she's got a scar on her leg that yeah. it's going to solidify it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe wholeheartedly that she's fine. Um, you know, she, she she's going to live no problem. Because when she ran off, she wasn't limping or nothing like that. You know, she was moving pretty good. She just had her tail down, which – I mean, I guess if I got cut across my arm, I'd probably have my tail down too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she was moving at a pretty good pace, and uh, she was pouring pretty good there for a little bit. But when it started getting down those little pin drops, you know, I was like, "Oh, this ain't good." Because I've seen that before when you when you meet shoot them like that, you don't hit no vitals. I've seen that a bunch. The the deer will lay down or stop, and there will be a big puddle of blood. But once they start moving again, you know, it's just like little needle drops, and then eventually it dries up, and you know, you you don't ever find them or nothing like that so yeah it's it's surprising how much like you said a a, just a flesh wound like that one one of the deer can bleed how much they can bleed and still you know end up being fine you just right you you know the initial the initial blood trail looks amazing and you think man there's no way this deer went far and then like you said it it ends up just kind of trickling out and you know the deer ends up recovering but yeah and i'm gonna I'm going to give a shout out to here. So we're not sponsored or nothing, you know, so I'm not, I'm not getting paid to say this, but I, I'm shooting the, the stinger buzz cut by Magnus and actually both arrows I shot at the deer 
both broadheads. Well, one of them snapped completely off, and the other one got lodged in a tree. And uh, I had to unscrew the arrow. And I took a picture and sent it to Magnus today, and they're going to replace those heads, you know, free of charge. You know, they got a lifetime warranty. No questions asked. I explained in the email what happened, and, you know, they, they replied back within an hour and were like, you know, we'll get those those heads sent your way. So I just want to give a shout-out for the great customer service from Magnus on, uh, you know, replacing those heads because they could be like, well, buy some more. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been, you know, I'm shooting the Magnus this year as well. And like you said, you know, we're not, we had to pay for ours regular price that we didn't get no sponsors, no special deals. Um, we just, just both kind of right. talked about it and decided to go with them this year. And man, I've been tickled to death with the results. You know, that, that buck I shot opening day, um, that deer never knew what hit him, you know, ran. 20 yards and stopped right there under my stand trying to figure out what had just happened and and part of that is also the heavy arrow you know behind it but a good sharp cut on contact broadhead like that like say he never knew what hit him and he stood there until he his feet gave or you know his legs gave out and he dropped right right there under my stand um right and and that second deer that i you know made a less than ideal shot on uh that one was the same way. It didn't know what hit it. It ran out there. I almost got a second shot on that deer. Um, I had a little little problem getting getting my arrow off my quiver and knocked and stuff. And right about the time I was drawing back on her for a second shot or him for a second shot, uh, he went ahead and took off. But and, and we, you know we didn't end up recovering him. He didn't go terribly far. It was just uh-uh. uh, it was just you know had had a tougher time finding him, but. But yeah, I've been I've been super impressed with them, and I and I had good uh, results with their customer service as well. Because I originally and it was on me, I accidentally ordered the wrong replacement blades when I made my initial order. I went ahead and ordered replacement blades that way I could practice with the ones that came on it, you know. And if I dulled them up, I could switch them out before season started. And uh, you know, I let them called, let them know I got the wrong ones. Um, they immediately sent me the new new ones out and just had me keep the keep the other ones the wrong ones which I ended up giving to Evan because he was I was shooting 150 grain Evan had 100 grain so it worked out I gave those to him but um, so yeah yeah I've been impressed with them as well so yeah and I know, I know a couple other guys that shoot them as well they've broken blades snapped them off and the uh, same deal they took a picture sent it in you know they replaced them sent them new broadheads which is awesome i mean they're they're not near as expensive as your your iron wheels or anything like that that's going to cost you a hundred hundred ten dollars for three of them yeah. you know you think it's like 40 bucks for a three pack so for them to offer that service you know if you break it break a blade whatever i mean and one of them one of them is chipped and it's bent just a little bit the fer- the ferrule is and you know i'd put that one in the email as well and they told me they were going to replace them all so yeah you can't beat that right but yeah let's uh let's transition over a little bit it's kind of that uh what can be a a sad time of year for us (laughs) us deer hunters um as this podcast launches uh we'll just have like four days i guess left in the in the 2010 2021 deer season and one thing 
I like to do this time of year, I've tried to make it a point to do, is just to take a little time. You know, it's it's easy once that last day, uh, once the sun sets on that last day to just, you know, hang your bow up or your gun and, and kind of forget about deer season and, and start to focus on other things. Um, but, man, I think it's it's important this time of year to really take time to kind of reflect on the past season. Think about all the things, you know, that you witnessed from the stand, the things you learned, the experiences you had, and, and uh, you know, kind of use that as you plan for the next season, uh, as you decide where you want to scout, where you want to hunt, um, all that stuff. You know, while, while all that's still fresh in your mind, because uh, I know me, <laughs> as, I, as I'm getting older, uh, if I wait till next season to try to think back about what happened this season, I won't be able I won't be able to remember half of it. And, uh, of course, that's why that's one of the reasons um, I've started keeping a, a hunting log. I started that last season. I'd, I'd done it years ago, but I, I really made it a point last year to start doing that logging every hunt. I did it again this year. And, uh, man, I would encourage anybody who's not to, to do that in the future. Um, and, one, even if you don't use it for a, a tool to – you know, improve your odds of success. It's just cool to be able to look back on all those hunts and, you know, there's things, sure, you'll remember the deer you killed. I mean, you know, that's obvious, but a lot of those hunts you probably wouldn't even think of again or think of the details without having them logged in. And, you know, I'll look back on those hunts and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot I seen those deer in that spot, you know, at that, at that time of year or, or that the deer were, you know, feeding on this particular white oak tree that, that day or whatever the case may be. It's just a lot of great information. And it's, it's great to build out. I, I go back now and look, you know, at last year's. And of course I've already gone back and, and reread some of this year's, you know, just, just reminiscing about those, those hunts. But so I don't know, do you, do you keep a journal at all? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's not a super detailed journal, but I write down what the temperature was for, you know, the start of that hunt. I don't, I don't write the fluctuation, fluctuation, uh, fluctuations down, you know, throughout the hunt. I just write if it's a morning hunt, what, what the temperature was when I got there and same with an evening hunt, what, what the temperature was when I got there, uh, write down wind speed and direction, uh, what kind of spot i was hunting in whether it was crp or a transition between pines and oaks or you know whatever the case may be uh the area i'm hunting obviously if it was a morning or afternoon hunt and then how many deer i saw and what those deer were um and you know i might write you know on the the area i'm hunting you know oak flat or persimmon grove so that way i know if i was hunting in there and it's a persimmon grove there was persimmons there Right. Um, or the oaks were falling. So, I mean, that's about really all I detail I keep. Um, probably could be a lot more in depth, you know, what the moon phase was and um, what time I saw the deer and, you know, all that. But for right now, I'm just keeping it simple because, I mean, it may be a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, with, with deer season in general, you got so much going on already. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I just try to keep a simple log and I'm on, I'll tap. Well, after we finished the Alabama trip on the pie, I tally up all my hunts, how many, yeah. how much I set, how many deer I seen, yep. and uh, I'll talk about that on the podcast after the Alabama trip. But so yeah, I do um, probably go into more detail next year. You know, 
kind of a learning process. I just started this year, so kind of still learning, you know, what, what details I need to focus on a little more. Yeah. To, yeah, and you're, you're, it sounds like you're keeping, in a lot of ways, you're keeping more detail than I am. I, I probably need to do better about the weather stuff because I haven't done much of that in the past. Um, I, I guess in a, in a way, I figure I can always look that back up, but um, you can't, you, you can, you can look up in general, but really specific wind stuff, you know, a lot of times just because, which, you know, we've talked about this, we've definitely learned this, or I've learned this over the last couple of years, you know, carrying milkweed and stuff with me, just because the weather forecast says you're going to get a north we- northeast wind, don't mean it's a northeast wind where you're sitting. Right. Um, so, yeah, I probably need to do a better job on the weather stuff, because I just, and I keep mine... I keep it real simple. I keep it on, I have an iPhone, so I just use the notes app on my iPhone. Me, me too. Uh, and a lot of times I'll sit it, you know, you always got downtime in the tree stand. I'll just, while I'm in the tree stand, I just go ahead and start my notes for that hunt. You know, just the date, the time I got out there, um, where I'm at. And if it's, you know, a new place or someplace I don't have, you know, a specific name for, sometimes I'll just take a screenshot on X where I'm at. And, you know, you can attach that right in your notes. Um, sometimes I even go as far as taking a picture of, of what it looks like from the stand, uh, just so I can remember what that habitat and stuff look like in a certain area. So I've, I've gotten to where I do that some as well. And, um, and yeah, what I see, I do record when I see, you know, if I seen deer at a specific time. Uh, I didn't do that last year. And that's one thing I catch myself looking back thinking, OK, when did the deer come out in this spot last year? And a lot of times I didn't I didn't keep that note last year. So I tried to do better job this year of time when I seen things. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't keep a ton of detail in there. You know, if you get I think if you make it too complicated, you'll you'll get it's easier to not do it at all. Right. Um, so yeah, I try to keep it keep it simple, but I, I'm really glad I started doing that last year, and I don't foresee, definitely don't foresee getting away from it because it's it's just like I said, if nothing else, it's cool just to be able to go back and remember those hunts, man. I just catch myself flipping through those notes and and looking at what happened last year, and I even I got some, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I did this years ago, and I still got in a in a box somewhere, and every once in a while I'll find them when we're going through stuff, but. I got old paper notes that I kept like back in the early 2000s um, of, of hunts. And I'd, I'd, you know, physically write it on paper. I'd even draw little maps of my hunting area and where the there deer, you, you know, how the deer moved through and stuff. And it's really cool to be able to go back and, and look at those. Um, I even I was doing that back when I shot my still my best buck to date. Um, I have that, you know, that that hunt written down in those notes so that that's it's just really cool to be able to to do oh, that yeah. but oh yeah and that's uh if you didn't do that this season um again this is a great time why you're reflecting on the past deer season obviously you're not gonna be able to sit back and remember every single hunt you went on and how long and all that but you can just jot some notes down from this last season you know maybe um some of the places you hunted what you saw there uh you know, try to what I really try to focus on is I'll look back and if if I hunted for a certain amount of time and I wasn't seeing deer, you know, obviously I'm going to question that and, and probably not hunt those areas again at the same time of year the following season. I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to get on deer a little better in the early season this year is last year I didn't. 
And so, you know, I really, between the seasons, I really had to rethink where I was hunting that early part of the season uh, and, and going on those past observations and not seeing deer, you know, I, I had to get out there and, and find some different spots and rethink, you know, why the deer weren't, weren't there and, and where they would be. And um, it, it's just a, a really useful tool. And so, yeah, take, take some time to reflect on these past hunts and, and try to, again, just use that information uh, to, to figure out w- what you need to do differently, I guess, uh, in the, in the upcoming season. So I guess I'll let you, what, is there any specific things you can think of this season that, that you've learned uh, to carry over in the next season? Uh, I, I mean, I, I learned a lot to narrow it down because um, as everybody knows that listens by now, you know, I, I pretty much had to start from scratch uh, on the places I'm hunting. You know, I'd never, never even seen them before. And so, you know, it's a totally new learning experience. And I mean, yeah, learn, just learning how the deer move down here, what they prefer, you know, based on the the time of the year you know where what kind of cover they prefer and where where they start moving to when the pressure uh kicks up where where i'm seeing majority of the guys hunting which is pretty common across the board um you know most of the guys hunt the same general areas but learning where people were not hunting um you know that helped me see a lot of deer especially later in the year you know moving into december december um i was able to find some spots that nobody was hunting i'd never seen anybody in i started hunting it and seen seen deer every time i sat there um as far as like mental learning yeah i i learned i need to be a little more patient um on shots and the what i'm referring to is the situation with the the one i seen back in early or late september early october um, the really, really big deer, you know, if I would have just been a little more patient and not gotten such a big a hurry as I need to get an arrow in him right now, or, you know, something's going to happen. Um, you know, if I'd have been a little more patient, the, the story on that could have been completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was a big learning factor. It took me a while to learn it because I was so mad at myself and, I mean, even to this day, I, I still think about it all the time, you know, that situation at hand, because um, I did everything perfect, you know, up till that point. I, I planned perfect. I scouted perfect. I set up perfect. I mean, everything was perfect until <laughs> the, mo- the moment of truth, you know, and I screwed yeah. it up. So that, that was a big learning, learning experience, because on private land, you know, you not not always, but if you screw up a chance, most likely, you know, at some point during the season, you'll you're you're liable to have another chance on that same deer. Um, and what I've seen on public, I had three scenarios this year: the the one that I screwed up, and two where I got busted. Um, one one by movement, one by wind. Was all three of those spots I never seen a mature bucking again the rest of the season. Huh. Yeah. Um and literally all three the first the first hunts in, I've seen mature bucks all three times, but once they spooked out, I never seen a mature buck in that spot again. And so, you know, I noticed on public you're 
not always, but your chances, you know, maybe only one time. And if you don't capitalize in, um, you know, you may not get that opportunity, especially at a buck of that caliber that I seen back earlier in the year. But, you know, that was a big learning, big learning piece was, you know, be a little more patient, you know, cause you, you're going to get that shot. You just gotta take the time, let it, let it unfold. And, um, learning the food situation down here was a big thing. Cause we, not many red oaks, not many white oaks. Um, you know, a lot of live oaks, a lot of persimmons and a lot of brows as far as greenbrier, honeysuckle, stuff like that. But you start looking for the white oaks and red oaks, you're, you may find one here or there, but you're not going to find them like you do, you know, up in the central part of the state. They're just, there's not as many. They're, they're not everywhere like up, you know, up there. You can about walk in any oak flat and find white oaks and red oaks where oh, you're yeah. at. So yeah. having to learn what, when they preferred the oaks or when they preferred you know, the brows or when they preferred this, the persimmons, you know, was having to learn that. Obviously, persimmons is hot early early in the season, but I, I saw deer on persimmons pretty late until the year, I mean, middle October. Um, but that may have just been because there was such an abundance they held for so long yeah. that, the, that the deer were just staying on them. And then I don't, I don't know if – I can't think of anything really – specific besides those couple key points just based off the fact that everything was a learning so i i mean i could sit here for two hours and talk about (laughs) what i I learned because the whole experience down here was new i mean it's completely different terrain completely different habitat completely different hunting pressure than what i'm used to so i mean the whole the whole scenario around the board was new and pretty much every day i went out was a, a learning experience on what i what i needed to focus on you know what I needed to look for, and uh, you know what I what I needed to do to put myself in a successful situation. Which any hunt can be like that, but you know you you hunt a place for so long. You know, like our our farm, for instance, we've hunted there for so long. We know at what time of the year is where where we need to be, what areas we need to be in, and you know more than like not always, but more than likely, eventually you sit in that area long enough, you're going to have an encounter with a mature buck and you know potentially harvest him and that's my dad this year i mean perfect scenario he he was hunting the right spots and he had two mishaps before he was able to capitalize but um you know we just we just know the area so well for hunting it for so many years we know where to be yeah and i guess a good a good learning yeah something i can i can take a learning experience from that as well from up there because i knew of an area that between november 6th and november 9th that mature bucks love and uh, i made a point this year you know uh, when that weekend hits i'm I'm gonna be in that area i'm gonna hunt it and i got i got selfish in my my public land goals you know in a way and i was like the the weekend hit perfect i think the sixth through the ninth was like friday through monday I mean, perfect on the weekend. I, I knew in my mind, I was like, I need to, I need to be in that area. I need to hunt it. And I didn't, I didn't hunt it. I hunted down here. You know, our rut still wasn't in. It was kind of getting into that pre-rut frame, but I was, I was so stuck in my, my selfish public land goals that I missed out on an opportunity because I had a camera in that spot. I checked it November 7th at eight o'clock big nice mature buck at like eight o'clock in the morning comes <laughs> w- walking right down the road you know 
And so that's that's a good learning point is if you know, you know, and it's not guaranteed, but if you know a certain area is holding bucks at a certain time of year and you know there's a 90 percent chance that if you sit that spot, you're going to have a really good opportunity. Hunt it. Hunt it on those days. Hunt it at that time. And if it doesn't pan out, then, hey, you gave it a shot. But in my instance, I didn't hunt it. And there was should have been there should have been there and i and i knew in my mind i should have been there but i didn't i didn't hunt it so that's probably my biggest learning points you know from from this year is just be more patient um and if i know i need to be somewhere be there because i mean there was multiple times i put myself in the right situation you know i had a a lot of great encounters this year um i could have shot plenty of those um, I could have harvested a couple bucks if I really, really wanted to shoot them. I could have, and then, but the ones I was looking for, you know, they just didn't pan out. So I, w- I was doing the right things and uh, learning, obviously, you know, learning for next year where I need to be at what time of the year is what I need to be looking for during those time frames. You know, of okay, well, this is where I seen this this buck this time last year. You know, get in there and hunt it bounce around for that little time period you know try to catch up to one then as the the next time frame moves on okay i seen a buck you know here in this spot and that goes back to the journal writing all that down so i know and but then so learning for next year of the certain areas that i need to be in as long as the hunt pressure's not crazy out of this world in those areas um I can jump in there and potentially have success back in those spots next year. Now that I have the intel that I need to know what what the deer are preferring, as long as the conditions are the same, you know, for next season. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's so great about deer hunting and, and deer season is no matter no matter how good or how bad a season you have, it you still it's all learning experience. Every hunt's a learning experience, and you can take that information and you can go into the next season a better, more informed hunter, just like you're right. talking about. And you know you're talking about on your home farm about how you've hunted there so long that you know you know where to be at the different times of year, and it can be the same way on public land, and, right. and that's what I'm working towards. You know, some of the, you, this was a new start for you. Um, I'm a few years in on on a lot of these WMAs I'm hunting. And uh, probably wasn't doing my due diligence early on the first, you know, several first few years I hunted these areas and, and really, I don't know, I was just jumping around so much. I, wasn't, I just wasn't taking the time to really learn my areas. I was just kind of out there, I don't know, just kind of bounced around hunting spots, but not putting a lot of thought into it. Um, but now just two years really into this, you know, more dedicated hunting um, I just feel like I'm learning the area so much more and, and I got a whole lot more to learn, but you know, I feel like every year I just, my, my odds of success increase because I've learned a little bit more, you know, and a lot of it is learning where not to be, you know, right. through, through trial and error, but, uh, also learning, you know, where, where you should be or where you can be, uh, as you said, it may not that every year is going to be the same, you know, food sources change, pressure changes. So you got to be able to roll with the punches. You don't want to hang your hat on one, one area, uh, every right. season, um, or, you know, one, one spot within a, a 
an area every season because uh, things are going to change. But again, that goes back to you know the longer you hunt these areas, the more of it you learn. Um, the more options you have, you know, you don't have to rely on that one spot because that's all you know. Right. Yeah, and I, I think a, a a good thing too is don't don't get too caught up, you know, because I, I would find myself, this is, I guess, another learning point. I would, I would find myself getting caught up and saying I'm not doing enough to put myself in the right situation, especially through the stretches where maybe I didn't see a couple deer you know, or a couple hunts, I didn't see any deer or not, you know, the caliber of deer I was looking for. And I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. But for instance, I mean, the one WMA I'm hunting is so big that I had to keep reminding myself in the back of my mind, there's no way in one summer I, I could do enough to put myself in the right situation. You know, I, I, I could, but then again, because the place is so big, so I may be off just a little bit, but I may not may not have the time to go that extra mile on that place. Whereas, like the other place I'm hunting, it's smaller. So if I'm just off and I can just hop over a little bit, you know, and catch back up to the deer, and then be right back in the game. Whereas over there, you know, if the deer moves two swamps down, you know, that's where they're feeding at. Well, that could be a couple couple miles away yeah you know and there's it's just not possible in one summer or one season especially jumping between wmas to really put in the time so i had to keep reminding myself of that like when i was hunting out there if i just see a doe or a small buck or um whatever the case may be and i'm still not satisfied but i got to keep telling myself hey you you did the best you could you you scouted as much as you possibly could, you know, with still having a family life and working, you know, without without driving my wife just absolutely crazy. You know, you you did everything you could and it you you had the opportunities, but they just didn't pan out. And for next year, I know I've already got marked areas for next season and after the season, uh, which we'll dive into later. Um, you know, things I need to look at for next season, but. You know, so I, I, I definitely learned a lot um, this year. I'm not trying to sound like I'm a I'm a perfect know-it-all and I do everything <laughs> right because that's not clearly not. I ain't killed a deer all year, so um, that's clearly not what what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying I I put myself in the right situations and uh, unfortunately they just flipped the wrong side of the deck for me this year. You know, next year I could have three encounters and they could all go my way. Um, yeah. But it just seemed like it was just one of them years, man. Everything I did, <laughs> you know, it didn't matter what I did. If I hunted off the ground, if I hunted thick, if I hunted open, you know, that the chips didn't fall in my favor. I mean, rifle, bow, it didn't matter. Um, so, I mean, I'm, the quota hunt, you know, when we talked about it, uh, I had to go to plan C because I forgot my stand. <laughs> and because of hunting pressure and I still put myself in the right spot. It just didn't, I couldn't get a shot off, you know? So it's just one of, one of them years, man. And, and it happens and it, it's uh, especially this late in the year with a week left. I mean, like I was telling you yesterday after, after just nicking that dough, I was like, man, it just about makes you want to hang it up, you know, but you gotta, you gotta keep rolling with it. Cause who's to say Saturday morning, I don't go out and I have a really nice butt walk by it. 10 yards and I smoke him. That's right. Yeah. You know? It only takes a few minutes man, for your entire season to, to turn around. So. Right. 
so but that's that's about it on my end you know i'm probably probably update some more through the summer as i do some end of season scouting and you know start learning a little bit more and learning some different areas you know i'll be able to kind of keep updating through the the late season turkey season but you know what about you any big any big points that stand out for you that you really learned or yeah man i've i've learned so much these last two seasons um i think one thing i went into this season um that I, I really wanted to make sure I did was just hunt those thicker areas, the areas that in the past I would have, you know, I would have went in there and went, no, nah, there ain't no way I'm going to hang a stand in here. Um, that, that was a big goal of mine going into this season. Uh, in, in the past, I would have been more apt to hunt the fringes, you know, hunt near heavy cover, but I still, you know, you want to be where you can see. You you want to be near those pretty woods, and and I did that for a long time. But this year, I made it a point. You know, I wanted to to get in that those thicker thicker areas. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons you know I was able to find and and kill that buck early. Um, I wanted to um, and and another thing keeping that journal last year and, and a part, kind of as a part of that journal, you know, also use on X, not necessarily as a journal, but you know, I, I drop pins all the time. I keep my pins on there of every stand that I've hunted out of. Yeah. You know, I've seen your, I've seen your maps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets a little out of hand. I ain't gonna lie, but, uh, I, I gotta get, I want on X to, to figure out a way where you can sort those into folders and stuff. But anyway, that's, that's a whole other story, but, <laughs> but yeah, I do get carried away with the pens, but I like to be able to go back and look. And, and this actually helped me this year. I went back going into this, going into this past season, I went back and looked at the previous season and I could, you know, from a, from a, I guess you could say a 30,000 foot view, you know, you can see every place I, I can see every place I hunted, every stand and what I realized was I wasn't hunting as far off the beaten path as I thought I was hunting off the beaten path a lot of times. And and it really drove it home. Like I said, when I'm looking at the entire WMA and I'm looking at my pins, I'm thinking, man, I, you know, there, I could have got a lot further off the road. I could have got a lot further away from the crowds than I did. Uh, I, you know, the places I was hunting were, were out of the way, but they weren't as out as out of the way as I could be. And right. so this year, that was another thing, which uh, ironically, where I ended up killing my bucks, I still wasn't that far off the, <laughs> off the beaten path. But, you know, I, I did make it a point to hunt some of those further spots this year um, to not, which which I did a pretty good job the previous year, not hunting the same spots over and over. That was one of the biggest things that I had to learn um, when I started this kind of more aggressive type of hunting, you know, from the hunting public and everything was I, I try to hunt a lot of different spots now. Um, I won't say, I, I don't go as far as saying I only hunt, you know, one stand location one time during the season. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that's necessary because I, I think sometimes you can have a good spot and, you know, just hunt it on the wrong night and the, not see the deer and that don't mean you should never hunt that spot again you know two right. days later he may come right through there um you just, i just didn't want to get in the habit that i'd been in in the past where i'd hunt the same stand you know the same four or five spots over and over and over through the whole season so yeah i just really learned to bounce around more um hunt those thick areas and just to be smarter about the way i hunted like 
that buck I killed on opening day, you know, I a big part of that was my postseason scouting, which we're going to get into. I found, you know, it was I had hunted in this general area before. I knew it looked good, and I'd seen a, a, a decent buck during the rut. So I wanted to take a closer look at it in the postseason, and that was when I found, you know, that the drainage ditch that ran up into this area that the deer were funneling around and thought, you know, this would be a great place to hang a camera. And I did that right in the middle of summer and, and located a good buck. And it from there, I just really tried to play it smart uh, because, you know, as you were mentioning earlier about, you know, making all the right decisions, you know, a lot of times you may only get one shot at, right. at a buck like that. And so you got to do everything as smart as possible. And even you can do everything right and it's still not work out. But I wanted to, to tip the odds in my favor as much as I could. So I only checked that camera twice. Uh, I checked it once in the middle of summer. And that's when I realized I was getting that good buck and he was in there a lot. Didn't check it again till opening day deer season when I went in there to hunt it. Um, I accessed that area. I took a long way around, even though it wasn't super far off the, the beaten path to start with. I accessed it the, the long way around because where I thought these deer were bedding, I, and and I still believe where they were bedding, they could they could probably, uh, if not see, they could probably hear and, and smell anybody walking in on the main access trail. Um, and and the wind was favorable anyway for me to take to take this long way around to access my stand that day, so that was part of it. Um, you know, I kind of I didn't park right up on the gate. I parked back a little bit where I could drop down in a ditch to a creek and and circle around on on this deer. Got as close to where I thought he was bedding as I could without you know feeling like I was going to bump him out of there. And he, you know, even then I I felt. You know, I was worried. I was, I knew I was taking a risk, but I knew I had to be in there fairly close. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, like I said, I could have done all that and it still not worked out, but fortunately it did. Uh, the good Lord smiled on me that day and, and that deer, which it wasn't even the same deer. I did have this deer on camera, but it wasn't the one that I had consistently on camera. Uh, but you know, that deer came right in right before dark and, and gave me a, a perfect shot um, I, I had a little bit of that, you know, waiting till the right moment to to make the shot because that deer, he tur- he just stopped broadside at thirty yards, and right as I I drew back, he turned and started coming straight into me. And man, there's I'm not gonna lie that probably some years in the past, um, stupid stupid Brian would have <laughs> would have taken a shot at this deer walking straight in towards me. Uh, but I wasn't going to do that this time. You know, I, I wanted to play it smart. If it, if I didn't end up getting a shot, then that was a w- risk I was willing to take. But, you know, I waited till that deer finally got, man, like 15 yards out and finally turned and gave me a uh, decent, you know, he's still quartering to me just a little, but it wasn't a bad angle and, and gave me a good shot. But, man, you're talking about, you know, that's something you ha- you have to learn. That's been a lifelong learning experience for me, man, because it's tough in that moment of truth yeah. um, to, you know, you just I, ha- I have to talk, basically talk myself off the ledge, you know, when when I have a deer like that coming in, uh, just constantly remind myself, be smart, you know, wait for a good shot. And and even that second buck, I you know, I was kicking myself on that one for not stopping that deer uh, and, and taking that shot while he was still walking. 
even though, man, I, I just felt like I, I, I should have been able to make that shot, but I should have just stopped him and made a, a nice, easy broadside shot, you know, chip shot. Um, but yeah, it, man, it, I tell you, it's, uh, in those Stuff. in those moments like that, I, I don't know. There's maybe some guys out there with ice running through their veins, but I get <laughs> tore up. Yeah, um, I mean, I have to call myself, you know, when a big doe comes in with that bow, you know, in bow range. But definitely a good buck. Once I once you identify, you know, you see that deer and you you decide, okay, I'm gonna shoot that deer. Man, it just from there on out, it, right. it's tough. You like I said, I have to really talk to myself and kind of you know control uh what i'm doing and, and i try to ease my mind or, or or take my mind off the shot the actual or take my mind off the actual buck the antlers and all that by walking through my shot process and uh, you know I don't, I don't know if that'll work for everybody but that that's kind of what i do is try to just focus on on my shot process you know my my draw my anchor uh, my release and all that and and not get so focused on the antlers you know or but yeah so it's uh, let's see i'm trying to think if there's anything else um specific from this past season that i've learned do you think going into next year you're gonna have a a complacency of those areas since you were successful this year like ah well if i can't locate a good buck i'm just gonna go in there and hunt because i killed a deer there last year no, I mean, I know that general area is going to hold deer, and I, I feel like it'll probably hold another good buck in there. So I'll definitely be looking at that. I'll be running cameras in there. But I know it's no guarantee at the same time. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't just think, well, I'll just go back there opening day and shoot me another one. Because right. um, who knows? You know, food, as we, again, as we already talked about, food sources can change. Um, the DNR may go in there and burn that ridge this year. I mean, you just don't know uh, what exactly is going to happen. But, um, but yeah, I'll definitely, uh, that's what I like about learning something every year. I, okay, I know that's a good area now, so obviously I'm not going to just write it off. At the same time, I'm not going to put all my effort there. But that's right. going to be one I always have in mind. I'm going to run trail cameras there. But then at the same time, you know, I'm going to be looking at other areas this year. Every year, I try to expand my knowledge of the of the WMA. You know, I try to expand the the and this one in particular where I shot my deer is a, a fairly large WMA, so I definitely don't know you know every acre by any means. And so, man, that that's what I love about th- this was really coming up one of my favorite times of year, which was just kind of odd for me to say because I I'm not a cold weather person. <laughs> but I love right after season goes out, I love just being able to get out there in the woods and scout, walk, beat through the bedding areas, all that stuff, and not worry about, you know, messing up your hunting uh, right. for the following year. You, so that's why I really like, you know, I was talking about this is a good time to reflect on your past deer season. Well, while all that's still fresh on my mind, I like to get out there and get in the woods and, and look at those areas. And just like the area where I kill my bucks, you know, that ridge, I'm going to get in there and dig a little deeper, you know, and, and walk that ridge forwards and backwards and see if there's not some other spots in there that maybe I should have looked at. Um, the other ridge where, uh, you know, you hunted with me um, and I ran that trail camera over the mock scrape. 
I'm gonna be getting in there and I really want to learn learn that area better. You know, I really didn't I just kinda went in there last this past year with you. We set up that mock scrape, put the camera out, got a lot of great pictures, but I really didn't didn't learn the whole that whole ridge throughout and uh and the times I hunted it, we did end up I did end up seeing a good buck in there with my the SJ, the guy I mentor. Um, he didn't get a shot at it, but a lot of good deer on camera, but I just, I, I need to get, figure out what those deer are doing, where exactly they're bedding and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, I told you, I, I, I know I told you, I hadn't talked about it on here, but I actually found, uh, uh just a nasty thicket, not yeah. too far from where I had that camera set up when I was doing a little bit of scouting out there one day. Uh, it's just a, it's kind of an odd little area. I don't know if a tornado, uh, I know they're on this WMA, a tornado's passed through there a few years back. Uh, I don't know if this particular spot is just where it touched down or what, but for whatever reason, there's, it's just a chunk of, I, I don't even know, maybe three, four acres where there's all the big trees are gone. It's just an open spot in the middle of the, a hardwood you know ridge there but the trees are gone and so it's just grown up into a thick nasty mess of of saplings yeah and i i didn't the day i found it i didn't try to get in there honestly i had my i was walking around with my climber on my back i, I couldn't even have made it through there with that climber <laughs> um you know it's probably one of those where in spots you might have to get down on your hands and knees to right. kind of walk through there but i definitely want to look at that area um a little closer and I'm sure I'll be, you know, I'll be scouring on X to pick out some other spots that I don't know anything about. And just like I said, every year I want to kind of expand my knowledge of the of the area and just give yourself more options. You know, the more options you have, uh, the better off you are. You know, if you, you get out there during season and and you can't get on the deer, then, you know, you go to plan B or plan C. And and that's uh, why I'm rambling here. That is one other thing. Um, that I really learned this year um, through through experience, but also through listening to you know some of the other podcasts and stuff. But it's man, always be scouting. Um, you know, before I do all my scouting going into the season, and then you just kind of feel like you're set. You know, you just go around right. and hunt hunt your spots that you know and and hope for the best. But you know, if you're not having success, you're not on the deer, man. Sometimes you just got to burn a hunt and spend some time out there and and you i know you've done a really good job of this heck uh, every time you know i'd be hunting and texting you and you'd be out there beating the bushes man you were scouting you know you'd hunt somewhere in the morning and you'd spend the rest of the day scouting until you found fresh sign and that's that's what you got to do you know if you're not on the deer you can't just keep sitting on these spots hoping the deer are going to come by man you gotta you gotta find where they are you know not where you want them to be and and so yeah, always be scouting throughout the whole season. You know, once season's yep. in, that don't mean it's you quit scouting and only hunt. Um, yeah, and that's that's the only way I was, you know, quote unquote successful. You know, seeing mature bucks because, like you said, I, I would hunt a morning, and I, I would maybe spend four or five hours walking before I said, okay, I need to hunt here, and then I'd take a quick break. You know, maybe go get something to eat especially when before the time had changed when it was getting darker later um you know maybe go get a bite to eat real quick and then hunt in that spot because there is i mean i knew that i knew the bucks were in the areas but i was just missing it you know i was like man i'm just off they're here but where are they 
And uh, if I if I wouldn't have scouted and found the trails or the the sign, you know, I'd just been sitting out there blind. So, and that's something I really tried to focus on this year was, you know, spend more time scouting, don't get complacent. And uh, I mean, ultimately, it paid off, you know, in, in the encounters I had. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. It's Warren Womack that. Yep. Yeah, a lot of times he'll he'll hunt in the morning and then he'll walk for hours, miles, yep. until he finds that hot feed tree. And if he don't find the hot feed tree, then, you know, he might not even end up hunting that evening. You know, it may just be strictly a, a scouting mission, but right. you know, he 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 doesn't uh doesn't stop scouting until he finds a spot that he thinks he can kill a deer and he feels confident he can kill a deer. So I think that's that's the way you got to be, and that's one thing I learned, and I'll definitely be taking into in the next season. And it, it's it's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, because you get up so early, then you hunt for four or five hours, and you're hungry, and you're looking at the time, and you know it's getting later and later and later into the afternoon, and you're like, man, I need to get in a tree. But then, in the same sense, like we've talked about before. And oh well, you're you're not seeing the sign, and oh well, let me it's late, let me get in a tree here, and then you don't see no deer. Yep. You know, did did you really do any good? You know, and like you said, it you could have picked the right spot, and just because you didn't see anything doesn't mean it's not a good spot. Um, you know, there could you could have just picked the wrong afternoon or the wrong the wrong conditions for that day or whatever the case may be, but. I found a lot of times I was able to stay on deer pretty consistently. I don't think I went more than two hunts this year without seeing a deer. Um, that's because I was constantly on the move. I was constantly looking for new spots. And I, there was a couple areas I hunted multiple times, uh, one in particular, and I seen deer in there every time. But I knew the area was really good. I knew the deer were there. Um, and I knew they weren't going anywhere because of the cover and the pressure was so minimal. Yeah. But, but you know, I was able to stay on the deer consistently through the season because like you said i was constantly moving i, I wish i would have mile tracked every every day i walked because <laughs> i mean it'd be a ungodly amount of how much i walked but that's what kept me in the game yep yeah and i and i do I, I, like i said i've i worked on that this past year but it's something i still got to work on still got to get better about because it is it's hard it's hard to give up a hunt to scout because man, you just you want to be in the tree you want to be in the game you know you want to have that chance to shoot a deer but you know i I think you're better off there's no doubt in my mind you're better off if if you don't have a spot where you think i can definitely kill a deer here then you need to be scouting and if that means you scout till dark and never actually get in a tree then man that's that may be what it takes but you know you you just can't sit spots hoping that a deer a random deer will show up you know yeah and i think a, a good example of that is that gonna reflect back on that encounter i had with that giant buck is i was hunting that general area earlier in the season and i was seeing a ton of deer i mean little bucks and does and i knew from trail camera pictures that there was bucks in that area like good bucks and each hunt i kept just bouncing trees i just kept bouncing trees you know, I'd, I'd hunt here and I'd go a couple hundred yards down and hunt and go a couple hundred yards down and hunt because I knew the deer were there. I was seeing deer every time. And then it was about the fourth or fifth hunt finally where, you know, I, I moved just far enough down and I had the encounter, you know. But if I would have just said, well, I'm seeing deer here, 
you know, I'm just going to keep hunting this tree. I, I probably would have never seen that deer because he was seven, 800 yards down the other way. And the chances of him coming out of his bedding area and making his way that 800 yards before dark is would have been pretty slim to none. So I probably would have even never seen him. But because I kept bouncing each hunt just in that general area, you know, I didn't leave the area. I just kept moving. Right. Yeah. And I, and I had two great encounters in that area. I had one with him and another one with about 125 inch deer, um, you know, like two weeks later in the same general area, just a couple hundred yards from where I had that encounter with him. I scouted, found a hot oak tree, found a trail, you know, that was burnt down to the ground and uh set up on that trail and the buck came in right at dark and busted me but same scenario there i I still bounced around that area and i had two great encounters in there yeah that's that's a good point i mean if you know a good deer is in an area uh, is in a particular area it may only take you know a 50 yard move a 100 yard move to get you from not seeing anything to to putting you back in the game Um, right because you know we talked about this a little bit before on on the the last episode at Q and A about hunting pressure and some of the studies that's been done. But that's one of the things they found is, you know, these deer aren't leaving the country because of the hunting pressures on. They're shifting their movement, uh, and sometimes it's it's not by a lot. You know, it may right. just be a, a hundred yards, uh, but it's enough to avoid the hunting pressure, avoid you. And right. so it may just take a small move to, to get you back in the game. Um, so, yeah. Which really, I can use the third buck as that same example um, that I had the encounter with. Really nice eight-pointer. Um, I had a camera set up on this little high top across the river, and I was getting, I mean, bucks galore. It was over a scrape. I mean, there was all kind of bucks in there, and I hunted it twice and didn't see a single deer. And I was like, man, you know, what, what, what am I doing wrong? The deer are here. You know, I got, I've got them on camera in daylight and at night. And, uh, I got down, scouted, found the spot I wanted to set up in. Uh, it was probably no more than a thousand, you know, in between probably 600 to a thousand yards from that spot. Um, set up on it first hunt. Here he come you know right down the edge he just was coming in downwind and he busted me but you know same thing there if i would have got complacent said well the deer are here and you know i probably would have never seen that buck and uh those little small moves you know bouncing around that area put me in position to have the encounter so you know you gotta you gotta stay on the move unless he's just showing up all the time in daylight on in a certain spot and you know he is and maybe you're just accessing it the wrong way and he knows you're there. That's why he's not showing up. Um, and you can just change your access up a little bit and come in the back door or a little different wind or something, you know. But if, if the deer are there and you're not seeing them and he's not there all the time, but, you know, you know he's in the area, make those small moves. Even like you said, if it's 50 yards each hunt and you just keep bouncing 50 yards, 50 yards, 50 yards, more than likely eventually you're going to run into him, whether – pans out or not on your side of the the coin you know that's to be determined at the time but you know it's a it's a big learning thing i had to do this year um was stay on the move because i i'd get complacent in the past of well i've seen deer here i know there's a buck in the area i'm just going to keep hunting this spot and um you know it wouldn't pan out but staying on the move really helped me this year yeah 
Well, man, we've uh, we've been rolling for an hour or more here now. Let's uh, why don't we kind of wrap things up by talking about you know what what are kind of your your goals heading into the 2021 22 I guess deer season. Woo, man. Mm. Um after season ends in between um deer season and turkey season I'm going to get out and do a lot of scouting. Um going to do some hog hunt with my dad. He's never done that before. Now, I've done it a couple times, so he's going to come down. We're going to go out and do some hog hunting and uh try to really just scout to learn some areas you know find some some rut sign or some early season sign and maybe be able to put myself in a better situation for for next season run cameras throughout the summer all that and uh obviously as next deer season rolls around we'll really dive into that you know our summer scouting and all that oh but, yeah but yeah for the for the meantime you know going to finish out the season here in georgia finish out really finish out deer season with you next week in alabama and then uh I'm probably going to take a few weeks off, not do any scouting or anything and uh, spend it with my wife and sleep in and <laughs> as, I, as I get up early every morning for work. And then on the weekends, I'm getting up early, too. So sleep in, then start getting out, doing some scouting, maybe, maybe right around the end of January, first of February, uh, really put some boots on the ground and then get fired up for turkey season, man. And then uh, I know. I, I don't have a plan or goal list yet for next year. Um, I got an idea of what I want to do or, you know, what my goals are, but you know, that could change a lot between now and then. Um, so I'm going to hold off on any goals or anything, but as far as, <laughs> but as far as plans, you know, that's, that's really it. Scout, 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 and try to try to enjoy some time doing a little different hunting, hog hunting, may try to get into duck hunt. Um, here or there, I got a couple areas to swamp. I got flooded out of, I mean, I jumped, a bunch of ducks out of it Sunday and then there's a river I know there's a lot of ducks on as well so may try to get in the duck hunt or two a hog hunt with my dad and then uh, try to enjoy some time at the house for a little bit and then get right back out and scouting and plundering through the woods there what about you, you? well um, one thing I'm looking forward to and of course I guess Alabama is kind of the start of that but you know, it, it kind of expanding uh, our horizon on on some of these hunts, and um, hopefully Alabama will be the start of that. And right. then I hope to do an out of state trip, maybe Kentucky. Uh, you know, this, this fall we talked. Well, we talked about maybe even turkey hunting it, but uh, yeah, then possibly doing a early season hunt there. You know, they open up a week before we do their deer season, so um, would love to do that. Um, other than that it's going to be a lot of the same that I went to uh, a lot of the same that I that I went into this season with as far as you know it's always uh, shooting mature buck that's always you know my hope going into the season and fortunately (laughs) it finally panned out this last (laughs) one but who knows uh, who knows on the next one but that'll be a goal going in um I would like to, heck, I'd like to kill a buck with that recurve. I'm definitely going to be uh, hunting with it more next season. Um, not not solely uh, hunting with the recurve by any means. I'll still so you're be getting bold, ain't you? Uh, no, I'll still be packing the Matthews probably, especially you know early season if I'm on a buck. Um, but 
Uh, it would be cool to kill a buck with that thing. I definitely want to hunt, like I said, hunt with it more. Um, get get a little get a little better at it. I got plenty of time to do that in the off season. Keep practicing with that thing and, and get better. And uh, still, I'm gonna put it back on the list. It's been on there the last two years, and I haven't even I haven't even attempted it really. And that's <laughs> killing a deer out of that either out of the kayak or if I end up getting a John boat, but uh, killing a deer by water access anyway. Yeah. Um, that, I'm gonna put that back on the on the list for sure and uh, try to give a little more effort this this next time around and yeah just maybe get out and you know see well obviously as we've already talked about i'm going to try to learn more about the wmas i'm already hunting uh spend a lot of time during this off season just checking out areas i haven't hunted before um, or an area i've hunted a little bit and don't know super well and, and just again just try to learn the areas better but you know, I'd like to expand expand my horizons even a little bit more around me and and get out on some of these other WMAs that are you know an hour or two from me. Uh, again, me and me and you scouted one, uh, me yep. you and Evan over the I guess that was over the summer, but never did never did get down there to hunt it. Uh, so uh, a you know, lot, a lot of good good deer get shot off that place too. Yeah, yeah, and there's some others too that are kind of between the two of us. Um, that we could uh, definitely scout and try to hunt some this coming season, <coughs> and then I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate myself a little bit better than the coming season to uh, to the, to video on these hunts because man I completely dropped the ball on that this season. Uh, I, I did pretty well. I just I got a lot of footage, but. I mean, I just put out a lot of videos of just deer. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be much entertainment. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to do a lot better job um, of, of making sure I pack that thing with me. Man, it's just uh, it's just that much more weight when you're already packing in a bunch of weight. Which that's a whole other thing. I do want to I do want to go into next season with a saddle. I hope to do some saddle hunting next year. So I'll be probably picking me up a tethered saddle here at some point. There we go. And uh, maybe that'll lighten the load a little bit where I won't mind, mind packing that camera as much and camera arm. And it's not the camera that's heavy. It's that camera arm but yeah. that, that weighs a ton. The but, dark side. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I'm going to try to be more intentional with that. I actually just ordered me, I already told you, but ordered me a, a, a knockoff GoPro here to take to Alabama with me along with the regular video camera. Uh, and maybe maybe we'll finally get some footage to share. Maybe it'll take <laughs> us going to another state to get some good footage to right. share. But right, I mean, worst case, we we can at least put a video out of the adventure at the very least. There you go. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, see if we can put all this you know talk we've been doing to <laughs> put it to work and actually come out successful. You know, we're gonna see. We're we're going in blind. This is a WMA. Neither one of us has ever stepped foot on. Uh, but we've been been cyber scouting, picking out spots, kind of picking each other's brain a little bit. Probably be doing more of that here in the coming week, yeah. and then uh, get out there and see if we can get it done here in uh, right. a little over a week. So, yep, be about ten days. We'll be after it. Yep, and it so, is I'm supposed in. to be prime rut in that part of the state. So hopefully uh, that'll that'll work in our favor. Right. If if everybody else and their brother isn't out there yeah. because, of, because of that reason. Because um, I know the WMA we're going to, it's a 
it's a fairly pressured place in general. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, much less considering the ruts. So, but it, either way, it'd be good t- good time. We'll learn a lot, you know, as we always do. And you know, it'd be really sweet if we come out with two bucks. But yeah, yes, it would. But I'll be happy to. I'd be happy to shoot anything, uh, you know, or even have an encounter, you know, have a good, right. a good encounter with a buck. But like I said, I think uh, regardless, it, it'll be a good time. As long as we don't get rained on all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, we can, if we can have some decent weather, it, it'll be a good time. Yep. But no, man, that's about all I got. Yep, same here. Um, yeah, I guess with that we can wrap it up. We'll, uh, I think we had one new written review that I saw on on Chartable. Hey, it's funny. I don't know if you uh, listened to the Southern Outdoorsman podcast today. Uh, I started, got about halfway through, but I didn't finish it. Okay. Well, they mentioned the same thing that we had talked about. About they had a bunch of reviews that showed up on Chartable, but that wasn't actually showing up on Apple Podcast. So they they were wondering if it was just them, but I needed to send Andrew a message and say, no, no it ain't just you guys. So the same thing happened to us. But anyway, we I say that to say we I did notice one new written review, but we can hit on that on the next one um, and just, just kind of wrap things up from here if you don't have yeah, anything else. No, we'll say uh, me and Brian are pondering on what to do about the giveaway. Oh, we'll yeah. Get, yeah, we, we definitely didn't hit our mark for sure. No, so – uh. Uh, we're going to think about it a little bit, see what we want to do, and we'll let let everybody know. You know, we greatly appreciate everybody, everybody that did take part in that, and uh, I feel like the people that did take part shouldn't get, you know, completely shafted because everybody else that didn't because they they tried and they entered. But so we're going we're going to figure out something what to do, and uh, we'll keep everybody posted on that because yeah, we go at the. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, we, we're going to give away that camera one way or the other, and we'll make sure the people who did are entered into it. So, yeah, we'll figure out we'll figure out something on that. Right. So, no, but that's it, bro. That's all I got, man. All right. I get it, guys. With that, as always, hunt safe, shoot straight, and most importantly, hey, just enjoy your time out there in God's great outdoors, and we'll see you on the next one.